Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome into another edition of Steelers Afternoon Drive. You know what it is. I'm Zachary Smith, but it is not Alan Saunders with me today. It is a Farabaugh Friday on Steelers Afternoon Drive. My guy, Nick Farabaugh, joining me. I appreciate you joining me. I also appreciate the fact that you're going with the Isaac Samalo style hair right now. Yes, I am going with the Isaac Samalo style hair. Um, my hair cannot compete with that man's hair. He has been blessed um, in the department of like everything. Um, it makes me jealous, but it is a tribute to my brother. Um, don't forget that he's my brother. Um, so it is, it's just, it's a simple tribute. It's a simple tribute. I appreciate that. And hopefully this just means that they're going to be able to keep running the football transitioning from last week into this week to just keep it rolling against the Jaguars. The fact you're doing this, let's talk about the injury situation first and foremost. I think a lot of people had a little bit of a stare yesterday, seeing Deontay Johnson, DNP, especially because it was a hamstring, right? You know, he was just on the IR for a hamstring injury. When you see that that's the reason, I think everybody's mind immediately goes to, did he just tweak that same injury, especially when we got the Fryermuth situation playing out the way that it did. However, Deontay Johnson back at practice today said he's going to play Sunday. was a full participant. So put people's minds to ease there a little bit. Kind of the same deal with Larry Joby. Uh, with the shoulder was a DNP yesterday. Again, even going back to yesterday's show, Allen said he feels like Larry Joby could just not practice for like an entire week and then show up on Sunday and play. That just seems to be the way that he's gone about things. This was his shoulder, not a foot this time, so maybe a little bit different situation, but he's going to be good to go. Nick, really what we want to look at here, though, is the secondary, the corner specifically. 
three of their corners questionable to go in this one against the, in the, against the Jaguars here on Sunday. Yeah, it's a tough situation. These corners, man, really banged up. Um, from from Joey Porter Jr. to Levi, um, now to James Pierre, like three mm-hmm. three injuries, um, both happening yesterday's practice. Um, Joey and James Pierre both went down. I mean, it, it wasn't like a padded practice or anything. They just happened to get injured. Joey took a wrong step, came up. Um, Pierre got hurt on like the last play of practice. Like it was fluky. Um, so I guess we'll see. Joey said he's going to play, but sometimes, sometimes that doesn't always come true. Um, and calf injuries are tough. Um, right. I think Joey will play though. I will say this, um, from what I can say is, uh, I think Joey did the most in practice out of those three today. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Obviously Pierre did nothing cause he did not practice at all. Um, but, but Joey did the most Levi, didn't really do much at all. I, I don't really expect to see Levi Wallace play. Um, that has, okay. I think he will be out. And so I will think Darius Rush has a chance here to play. I think Joey and Pat Pete will start. I think you'll see Joey play. Shan Sullivan will play a lot. But I, I think, I don't know, maybe Barku plays over Rush. I, I don't know. They were working both Luke Barku and Darius Rush today out there. Um, big, bigger, long corners. Barcoo's physical rush is obviously just so brand new uh, to this team, like has not mm-hmm. played much, has no really no experience. So I'm a little worried of throwing Darius Rush out there just so early, but it, they might have to if Pierre can't play. So I guess we'll see kind of where, where this stands. I, I think, you know, this DB room was already um, a question mark into this game, right? When I, I, right. I don't really know how they were going to line up against Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk, and uh, Calvin Ridley. I think that was already an issue. But now I, I'm not sure, you know, I don't know if Joey Porter is going to be healthy enough to, to, you know, hold up the whole game with the calf. Can Darius Rush play at a high level? Can Barku step up? Um, can Pat Pete step up? Like, is he going to be strictly outside or can they move him around? I think they're going to have a lot of questions that they're going to need to answer for this one. And so we'll see. I I am very worried about the secondary in this one. Um, And I really am not super optimistic about Pittsburgh's uh, chances of slowing down this this Jaguars offense. I'm just going to be real with you. I I think it's a really bad matchup for them. We'll we'll talk more specifically about that when we get into predictions and stuff at the latter portion of the show. But yeah, I mean, I agree with you. It's like, remember last year against Tampa, the secondary that they had for that game. I'm not saying this is exactly like that, but just like a really banged up unit where you might see guys that like are Darius Rush's case so new to the system. Like, could you imagine him actually getting reps in a game? Obviously, the Steelers don't want that to happen, but there's a good chance that it happens on Sunday with the injuries they've suffered on the back end. To your point about Joey Porter Jr., just because he starts this game, who's to say with that soft tissue injury that he's dealing with, whatever's going on with his calf, is going to hold up for four quarters? You know, who knows? Are they going to have to limit his reps? Um, it's going to be a bad weather football game, too. You know, the, the weather could play an element into all of this as well. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm really curious as to what the, the plan of attack is going to be for the secondary, um, but I, I guess we'll get answer those, to those questions on Sunday. Um, I, I've kind of been looking at it like Pierre because it's so late in the week, DNP on Friday, I don't think he's going to go. Levi Wallace, I'm leaning towards no. Joey Porter Jr., I'm leaning towards yes, and just hope he can hold up. Yeah, I, I'll say this. I think that um, 
I, I do think Pierre just has a sprain, which means he could play, I think. Um, so mm. I think it's possible. It's not a serious injury, but the fact that he suffered it on Thursday, I think, right, doesn't help his shots, um, especially because they were getting Russian Barku going, um, just kind of mm. ready to go. Um, I, and and Barku told me it looked really likely he's going to come up. So if that happens, if Barku gets elevated, I, I I probably agree with you. I think Pierre's probably out. I do think Joey will play. We'll see how much he holds up. Um, to both these guys, man, um, you know, Kirk and, and Ridley have some speed, um, pretty good in the open field, um, can break tackles really well. Like, it's a tough matchup for this group, regardless of who's out there. Um, I mm-hmm. think really the eligibles, Evan Ingram is a guy that gets a lot of a lot of volume over the middle of the field off those quick passes. It's tough because the secondary is going to have to make tackles. They get Travis Etienne in space. Like, it, it's going to be tough for them, but – the, the health of the DB room is really hurting them, I think. And even if they play Russian Barku, like, I don't know how much of an upgrade that is at all. In fact, it's probably a downgrade. Like, I get Levi's played bad, but, like, I would much – I have much more confidence right now in Levi Watts than Luke Barku and Darius Rush. I just do. Yeah. Um, it, like, it's, it's intriguing to see Barku and Rush, right? Like, okay, different faces, like, cool, let's see. But, like, in terms of a – comfort factor like at least i know levi wallace knows the defense like i think that's the one thing and so we'll see it could be a disaster it could maybe maybe it's a tampa bay game from last year i don't know maybe maybe this this secondary like balls out and steps up in a big way and and the steelers at that point i think hurt certainly would have to take a hard look at what they're doing in terms of their division of labor if that happens but uh i i think that we are going to see new faces out there and and we'll see kind of how it how it matriculates i don't know it's going to be very interesting because again well, really tough matchup right and with that much you know maybe turnover going on on the back end they're really going to be relying on this pass rush and that's what i want to talk about actually we gotta go back a couple episodes here to give a shout out to one of our viewers joe aber because he brought this up as something he noticed in against the rams is that high smith and watt were switching sides a little bit you know there was just a couple reps where they were rushing from their opposite sides but nick is this something that we could see more of going forward they've started to talk about that this week moving tj around a little bit more maybe even both those guys rushing over your interior offensive line as well just putting them in different positions to win and making it not so predictable where those guys are coming from i do think they're going to do that more um I will say this. I'm not sure this pass rush is going to be a huge factor in this game. It's kind of weird to say that, but uh, Trevor Lawrence is very similar to Stafford and Stroud in that it's a rhythm, quick passing game. So they try to limit the ability. Like Trevor has not been hit a lot this year. Um, the mm-hmm. pressure rate they are allowing is not that high. It's not really because their um, O line is that great. I think their O line's like fine. I don't think it's elite, but. Um, you know, Anton Harrison and, and Cam Robinson are certainly exploitable matchups for Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt. But I, I think this is the week we kind of got to start seeing this moving around because teams are putting a wide receiver at a condensed split and a tight end or a running back chipping. And then if you're a tackle, you just have your you're set up shop, right? Like you're ready to take TJ's speed rush on. And, and I mm-hmm. think the interesting thing about TJ is he's so reliant on his his rip move, right? He's so reliant on his speed rush that because of that, doing that really takes him out. Um, like he does not, he basically did nothing against the Rams in terms of pressure stats. Like he, he was not around Stafford that much. The pressure stats really went either on the interior 
or to Alex Highsmith. And and so Highsmith's been creating a lot of pressure because they're just selling out for why. It's just so easy to, to game plan to one side, right? Okay, we mm-hmm. can put this formation here. We can slide this way, and that's all that. So they got to move TJ around. They're the only team that doesn't move their star pass rusher around, right? Like, like look around the league at elite pass rushers. Um, Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, um, Max Crosby, um, Daniil Hunter. Like, all these guys move around. They move right to left. They go over the interior. Like, TJ Watt should be rushing from the A-gap two or three times a game. Should be on the right side, you know, eight or ten times a game. Like, it doesn't need to be a lot, but it needs to be enough to where they can be kept honest. And same thing with Highsmith. Like, I, I want to see Alex Highsmith – playing on different sides too i know it's not tj's comfortability like i I know he's not like i I know he's more comfortable against those right tackles like i understand that he's more comfortable on that side of the line but he needs to get over to the other side a little bit they have to make this harder for teams to game plan they have to because like it's becoming too predictable at this point like it, it is it's easier to neutralize their pass rush which is obviously the steelers strengths like I don't think people realize how good the front for the Steelers can be. Yeah, Cam Hayward can come back too, obviously. But, like, just look at what else they have. Nick Herbig is ascending, and Marcus Golden's had a good year. Even on the mm-hmm. interior, right, Keanu Benton is playing really well. Mon Adams has had a nice season. Leal's played quite well. Like, all these guys are, are playing at a pretty high level, and, and Ogunjobi is, has spurts. Like, I think there are things that they can do to maximize their D-line a little bit more. I think this is the clear one thing that they need to do, though, to get this pressure going, even against these quick passing teams. I, I just want to see TJ around the formation more just because I think it opens him up to bat more balls down, too. You know, Trevor Lawrence leads the NFL right now in batted balls down. Like, that that's something that mm-hmm. he does because he gets the ball out so quickly. Like, uh, TJ's going to be able to, you know, get his hands up. I don't know. Maybe we see like a burrow interception this week from from TJ. Like, uh, you're kind of putting that in my like, mind there, yeah. Grabs it right. Like, I think it's possible. Like that. That's something that they do. Um, and so, like, I, I want them to move him around more because if the if the guy that is the worst on the line is the left guard, like, I want to see TJ Watt against him. Like, even in even elite interior guys move around now. Like Aaron Donald almost smoked Dan mm-hmm. Moore on that final uh, play, really, where. Um, where Kenny hit hit uh, the the route to um, Allen Robinson like that that's that's something that immediately or it's not sorry the the seam ball to George Pickens that's where uh, he mm, was against okay. him like you got to move these guys around a little bit um, it doesn't have to be for like a ton but it needs to be at least there and, and maybe maybe yeah. they have three outside linebackers every now and then we haven't seen the three outside backer package in a while like you know you put Herbig or, or Golden out there. Um, so I, I just would like to see them move them around a little bit more, create more exotic pressure packages. Um, I, I think that's where they're missing Brian Flores. Um, mm. Last year, they didn't move TJ around a lot, but they were able to scheme up pretty cool blitz packages to get TJ one-on-ones or Cam one-on-ones or Highsmith one-on-ones. Um, Keith Butler was a master of that. For all the flack Keith Butler got, like he was able to get TJ and, all these guys one-on-ones because his blitz packages were awesome and he was able to move the guys around. Like I need to see Terrell Austin dig into that bag a little bit. They have to do it. And it, from every indication I've heard, I think they will. Uh, yeah. I want to, why now? You know, like it, obviously it's something that they need to do, but was this part of the self scouting that was done during the bye week? They realized this is something they should be doing or like, what is it that this is the time of year that all of a sudden like this decision's being made? 
do you think? Yeah, I think it's I think it's TJ's game against the Rams that had them a little bit shook because the Rams loaded over the right side of their formations on that left side of the line and just completely took TJ out of the game. Like, I mean, they neutralized him from a pass rush standpoint. So most of the pass rush, luckily for the Steelers, they were able to pick it up because Highsmith was having a good game. Benton had a nice game. Leal played well. Larry played well. Like all of their guys down the line played well, were able to pick it up and use TJ's attention um, for good. But, you also want 90 making plays. Like he is your best player. Like I think that's what it was. I think they saw, okay, McVay reduced the split, then chipped him again. Then he finally reached the tackle. And by that point, he was kind of dead to rights. Now that's now TJ has to evolve a little bit too, right? Like, okay, start bringing out your, your bull rush more, start bringing out that, you know, that, that inside counter. Like we know he has those. He just has become, I think, the season like overly reliant upon that speed rush because no one's been able to stop him. Um, and, and trust me, I don't think anyone would have stopped him one on one last week either. I think he would have smoked Lark Jackson like that. But he's TJ's got to understand now, like you're not going to be one on one. You're two on one. You're three on one. It's not a traditional double team. And and I know people are like, oh, his double team rates aren't high. Like just watch the tape. He's getting double teamed just virtue of splits, chips different things like they give him elite edge rusher treatment and and so how you free up that elite edge rusher every team gives nick bosa elite edge rusher treatment every team gets miles garrett elite edge rusher treatment like it it happens but okay we're gonna line up miles garrett over your center and he's gonna come right at your quarterback and that's become a very deadly package for the browns this year like tj can do that TJ can go to the other side, like mess with their protection calls. Make sure that they're, if they want to flip their, you know, flip their formations, do that. But that throws off their plays, that throws off their process. And, and it makes it harder for them, you know, as an offense to function because you got to slide protection, you got to do this, this, this. And it leads them more prone to, to mistakes in, in terms of blocking. It can free up, you know, a linebacker, it can free up whoever's blitzing. And, and so there's a lot of different ways the Steelers can utilize this to their advantage. And I, I it's been weird that they have never done it. I, I just think that's yeah. the bigger thing is every other team does it. Like it is a common thing. Like <laughs> the Steelers are behind the, the eight ball again in terms of trends in, in the NFL, right? It just seems like it yeah. happens a lot. Um, but now they're catching up. And, and I just think it's something that they have to do um, in order to get TJ Watt a little bit more free. Just – because then if they have to respect him in the middle and on the other side, it'll open up stuff for him on his natural side too. Sure. Yeah. And I like knowing the type of player TJ is, I almost feel like that's like extra motivation for him to be able to be productive in other areas too. Like I'm surprised he hasn't kind of been, like you said, he doesn't necessarily like playing on that other side. Uh, just, he just feels more natural, but like what it could open up the possibilities. You almost feel like he's going to take that challenge head on. Speaking of motivation, uh, a little bit of a back and forth here. Uh, Rayshon Jenkins, the safety for the Jaguars, was asked about you know the Steelers' pass catchers. Brought up George Pickens and said respectfully he hasn't seen corners like ours yet. Uh, George Pickens was asked about the Jaguars' defense. He said they kind of hope hope that the guys hold up long enough. It's kind of a hope defense. Um, 
you know, guys talk back and forth, right, in the NFL. Um, and, and that typically goes on during the during the field of play, during a game and stuff like that. It's not uncommon to see guys chirping back and forth. We just saw, you know, George take a taunting penalty a week ago. So uh, what are your thoughts on this little back and forth exchange? And, uh, yeah, how do you feel about it? Well, I like the confidence from both sides, as they should be confident. Both of them mm-hmm. are playing high levels. Um, the Jack secondary people point to uh, the question specifically asked for when George responded was saying that the Jags had the second or 31st in pass yards a lot. Like they allow a yeah. ton of pass yards. That is full gold, folks. We still use in volume stats in 2023. Like, right. Like Minshew threw like 55 times against them. Like they, playing, they, yeah. have, they have faced 150 passes in the past three weeks the next closest is 127 like it's not close that's because teams are playing from behind against them it's nothing else teams are playing from behind and they have a great run defense like so you kind of have to throw but the secondary is held up really well like look like if you look at this epa per play their seventh success rate sixth um drop back epa sixth like it is a solid group that's played Mm -hmm. well now that doesn't mean i don't think there aren't Plays ways to exploit them. First of all, I do think George Pickens has advantages in this game, right? So I understand why he's getting a little cocky. He probably knows Tyson Campbell like the back of his hand. Darius Williams is five foot nine. Like I love Darius Williams, probably one of the most underrated corners in football. But like, dude, I'm, I'm being real. Like GP is six three, plays bigger than six three. Those back shoulders against a five nine guy are really dangerous. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and so this is a fun matchup, I think, between Pickens and Deontay, because I think when you have Pickens and Deontay on their best, I don't care who's across from, they can smoke anyone. Like they're that good. But I think one, I think it's just confidence in, in two units that are playing at a high level and Pickens himself is playing on an absolute, I mean, Pickens looks like a top 15 receiver right now. He's playing unbelievable football. Um, he really is. He's taking that leap to another level. So I understand where it's coming from. Trash talk on both sides is what it is. It's going to be, it's football. And especially for George, he's an emotional football player. Like we've learned this at this point, like, listen, the Steelers will never have a normal wide receiver anyways. Right. Like never. Um, the last normal wide receiver might've been, I don't know, Kynes Ward, like maybe, um, I, I don't know, like, go back through their whole history, like, even back to, like, Louis Lips, like, dude, never a normal receiver on this football team. Um, and, and so George and Deontay, if they can keep their head on straight, I feel like could have a great game uh, because I, I just – the thing about the Steelers receivers that are funny is this is either going to blow up in their faces spectacularly because they're going to fall flat on their face or they're just going to torch the absolute paste out of this – this Jaguars DB group. I don't know which one it's going to be because I never know which which Deontay Johnson's going to show up, first of all. And I never know if things start to go wrong early with George Pickens, what's going to happen from there. Like, it's crazy, but they have a great, talented group. I just need to, to see it more. So, I mean, I like this trash talk. I think it ups the ante a little bit. It's a big game. You should feel confident. Both teams are coming on win streaks, right? Um, the Steelers are two and zero against their division rivals. Like, feel confident. The Jags are are one winners of four straight. Like, you better be confident if you've won four straight. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you beating the Bills, you beating the Falcons, you beating the Saints. Like, beat some good teams in there. 
they they went toe to toe with the Chiefs pretty well. Like we held Mahomes just 17 points. Like it played well. Um, I, I I will say I think Pickens's statement is just objectively wrong. Like they are yeah. not a hope defense, right? Like I, I kind of okay, I kind of get where he's coming from with it because I feel like he's just trying to more so say like, oh, they blitz a lot, which they do. They blitz a ton. Um, and what he just means is they play a lot of zone covers behind it. And so you can exploit that. And it's true. If you can get the ball out quick, you can exploit the zone coverage because the blitz is coming and it puts their corners in tough spots. Like I understand what he's trying to say there, but saying they're a hope defense and that their DBs kind of, kind of stink. It's not really true. Like, Let's just go by like position to position. Like Tyson Campbell's a really good young corner. Darius Williams, I talked about him already, really underrated outside corner, even though he's only 5'9. Trey Herndon is, is kind of the slower slot guy, but really good zone guy. Cisco's like this ball hawk guy. And then Rayshon Jenkins is like this leader who is kind of inconsistent, like can completely just lose his mind twice a game and just let up a huge play, mm-hmm. but also can make the big play. So it's it's a solid group. Um, that I, I really like, I mean, like the trash talk is like, whatever, I understand it, but it's going to be a good match between these two, uh, units. I, I'm really excited to see it actually between Pickens, Johnson and, and these DBs. Like, I think it should be one of the more intriguing matches across the NFL. Yeah. And you know, even the Buster Brown, who was kind of the guy that the saints were attacking to try to get back into that Thursday night football game. Like I thought he held up fine too. So, I want to talk about the Jags defense as a whole, though. Do you feel like they are this good? Do you feel like they're kind of overachieving to this point? Like, what is it? Is it the steam? Is it the part? Do you believe in the personnel that they have there to continue to play it the way that they have? Because when I look at them, obviously, Josh Allen, really good pass rusher. They got a really good off ball linebacker duo and Devin Lloyd and Foye Lewicon. Um, they got Tyson Campbell, who we mentioned, Andre Cisco, who we mentioned, like they have guys, at least one guy at every level, seemingly. So do you believe in this group overall, or do you think what they've done up to this point is kind of a mirage? No, I, I think it's pretty real. Um, like, listen, they don't have like a superstar, right? They don't have a TJ Watt. They don't have a Minka. Like they don't have a Cam Hayward, but like, let's just go by level by level. Like Josh Allen's a really nice young pass rusher. He's probably the face of this defense. Like he's probably the best player. Yeah. Um, he's probably a star. I don't think he's a superstar like TJ Minka, but solid player that is, I think already has like seven sacks this year or something like he's, he's having a really nice year. He had a great year last year. He just didn't have the sack production, but the, the pressure rate was all there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, it makes sense for him to have a great year. Um, I like some of these guys on the interior for them. Like Foley Fatusaki is a really good yeah. run defender. Roy Robertson Harris is a solid player that I really like. Sounds like uh, Davon Hamilton's coming back for this game as well. Uh, oh man, dude, Davon Hamilton's a bad dude, man. Like good football yeah. player. Um, like they, they are kind of a d- really deep team across the the front, and like Trayvon Walker, he's kind of is what he is. Like he's he's not like first overall good, but he's a really good run defender. It can cause a little havoc. Um, I know he tested like a freak, but like you don't really see this freak athleticism on on tape like mm-hmm. he's a pretty he, he's a somewhat limited player but i'm gonna knock i'm not gonna lie like josh allen against dan moore is a very scary matchup if i were the yeah. steelers um and again they like blitz a lot so so you're gonna get a lot of disguises you're gonna get Aluakon coming devin lloyd's probably playing his best ball in the nfl so far he was everywhere against the saints um when i watched that thursday night game like he was just absolutely everywhere um so i, I like devin lloyd and where he's at I, th- I think they have a nice, nice duo linebacker, 
and then we talked about the secondary. Like, it's just solid. Like, I don't think it's like an elite defense or anything. Like, it's not, they don't have like stars, but like, dude, look at, find the hole for me. Like, where's the like obvious hole on this defense? Like, it's not, like, they don't have that superstar presence. And, and I just don't see a, a huge hole. Now, I will say this for a team that blitzes as much as they do, I think they're eighth in blitz rate right now. Um, and they are like 17th in pressure. Like that is not a good, yeah. um, it really, the pressures are coming from Josh Allen. And so like, they need to get yeah, that. They've been out. so linked to, you know, Daniel Hunter or getting another pass rusher. I believe yeah. for that reason. I mean, they just need another guy. They just need another dude like that. Like they scheme it up. Well, they just, they need another guy, um, to, to make some plays out there. And, and I like Trayvon Walker in terms of what he can do and, and taking bodies up and, you know, crashing. He's a great run defender. Um, they could, I, I wish they would use Trayvon Walker over the interior a little more. I think that would be like something he can do pretty well. I understand he hasn't lived on the first overall height, but he can do a lot of things. Mike Tomlin said as such, um, that they are worried about him. And I think rightfully so, but like that is like the one thing where I, I think the Steelers, maybe if this, this, O-line can hold up a little bit. I think could maybe find, you know, things behind that zone coverage. Like, because there are going to be, there they are going to be openings. Like, Kenny's going to have to realize the, the blitzes. He's going to have to find the open man. But there are going to be spots open in this spot drop zone they play behind him because, you know, uh, they it's kind of what they do. Um, very similar, uh, Caldwell, I, I think, who is their DC? I can't remember. Is it Caldwell? Ooh, actually, I don't know. I am not sure who their defensive coordinator is. I, I like really look it up. Yeah, Mike Caldwell is their defensive coordinator. I thought so. Um, but he's he's an offshoot, I believe, of Todd Bowles. So kind of makes sense um in that regard. Um, that they would they would blitz a lot and give you a lot of different looks. And Kenny Pickett has not been great at kind of picking up those looks. And we saw that a little bit last week against the Rams and and how this this group has kind of struggled a little bit to pick up those blitzes. So it, it worries me a little bit, but then I look back to that that Ravens game where, you know, really from the second quarter on, they did pick up those blitzes well, and they started to read defenses better. And Kenny in the fourth quarter saw blitzes from Raheem Morris and, and really dissected them. Like the, the George Pickens throw, I mean, he's getting absolutely bared down in his face. It's a really tough read. They, they, I think they show a sim pressure where they, they show seven back off. It's just four. And you have Aaron Donald coming off the edge, smoking him, and he just finds George Pickens wide open. Like, I need that Kenny Pickett for a large portion of this game. Um, but there will be opportunities. And, again, the Steelers have enough talent, I think, to even where I, I like this defense, I think there's going to be opportunities. I don't know if they're going to be able to run the football very well. This is a really good run defense. Um, but, like, I don't know if they're going to be able to run the ball as well as they did against the Rams. But I really do think they're going to have options in the passing game. I, I really do. And, and like, this is going to be the game to me to where, like, dude, get the tight ends involved. Like, give me, yeah. give me two Darnell Washington targets or, you know, get, get Connor Hayward something. Um, I also mentioned this on, on X, I guess, is what it is now. Um, but the Jaguars have allowed the most receptions to running backs this season in the NFL. How like, many, how many did Alvin Kamara have? Like, 12 like on 12, like 15. Dude. Like, yeah. They allowed like six receptions to Zach Moss. Like, Dude, like, like Zach Moss is like not not a pass catching running back, and, and and like he got his like this is a team that allows that to happen. I feel like you know a lot of things should come about because of that. You know, 
they've done a lot of cool things with their running backs with motion recently, the Steelers have. And like you're like, oh, they should be able to do some things in that regard, right? Okay, maybe they can get those screen passes out or get those swings out. Like they have done a lot of cool motion stuff with those guys. And so Jalen Warren and Najee are probably gonna have to carry a lot of the load in terms of the passing game as an extension of the running game. I think Calvin Austin's probably gonna see a little work there too. Um, there'll be chances here if they can they can execute, but one, you gotta trust Matt Canada to come up with that game plan, and two, you gotta trust them to execute it. And and listen, I, I just don't trust the offense yet to do it, but there's gonna be opportunities. So don't be surprised to me if you see the offense actually get some some decent success here. The last thing I want to talk about going back to Jaguars on offense versus the Steelers defense. Steelers defense allowing over 140 rushing yards per game. Travis Etienne, six rushing touchdowns in the last three weeks, seven on the season. You would think we've talked about what the weather could be like. We've talked about, you know, the cornerback situation. So you would think like, oh, this kind of plays to the Steelers' hand with their corner situation. We would want the Jaguars to run the football. They're having a ton of success doing it, though, and the Steelers haven't had a ton of success stopping it. Dude, I think ETN is like public enemy number one. Like, dude, I understand Calvin Ridley, Evan Ingram, and, and Christian Kirk are going to be tough to stop, but like, this run defense has been really concerning. Um, they haven't tackled well, and the corners haven't been able to tackle well. And you're asking them to tackle Travis ETN. Like, ETN is probably the most underrated back in football right now in terms of just how he creates yards. He's so explosive. His stop and start ability just to create misses. Like, I think against the Bills, he forced like 14 missed tackles or something absurd um, in mm-hmm. that game. It was just absurd to watch. Like, he is so hard to bring down in the open field. He's a good receiver, like, good enough as a pass catcher. Like, he is such an issue. And then when they get in the red zone, they put Trevor Lawrence's legs in there, too. Like, it's really hard. They're going to have to minimize Travis Etienne. Like, I, I don't think they can win this game without minimizing him to a degree now i will say this like the jaguars kind of lose their heads a little bit with some of this play calling they do um i i like press taylor and, and what he's done but sometimes you'll just see travis Etienne rip off like two runs for 30 yards and then they'll just go like five straight passes and that kick a field goal like, like i don't know i i like where trevor lawrence is right now but i like that seems excessive to me. Like, they should be riding ETN more in this game, especially. And I don't think that the Steelers' defensive line and linebackers are going to be very outmatched against this O line. Like it's a solid O line, right? Like yep. Cam Robinson, uh, Brandon Scherf. You, you got um, Walker Little probably returning, and then you have Anton Harrison as well on that line. Like it's a solid line, but like the Steelers' D line, I feel like can match that and if i'm not mistaken i believe fortner is starting at center right now so like it's a solid group but it's not like an elite group but etn is a special back so um that's gonna be a tough tough stop they're gonna have to wrap up really well play really gap disciplined because this Steelers defense is not super athletic and when if he hits the open field i think he's gone like it's gonna be really tough to stop him and we have seen them prone to giving up big runs with you know cmc jerome ford um, guys in the past that have, have really gashed him. So this is going to be like a really good litmus test to see where this run defense is. If they could slow down ETN, I really think they have a chance. I, I know that, you know, I talked about the secondary and how tough it might be for them to match up against those guys. But mm-hmm. like really, I mean, it is it is a group that has to stop the run first because 
I think you can you could force Trevor Lawrence into a mistake or two, or at least get the pass rush there, right? Just let Ty Smith and Watt just kind of pin their ears back and get after him. Like that's where you got to get him into. So they really, really got to stop ETN and not let him go off. Um, unless the Jaguars just take him out of the game for them, which again, as I talked about, they've done before, where I just don't mm. understand why they do that. Um, I also just think in terms of Jags offense, like look at their first half numbers, like dude, in the first quarter, they come out smoking, like they're scripted plays right now. They are one of the most productive teams on their scripted plays um, this year. We have seen what happens when the Steelers get down early and, and how bad that can be for them. Um, when mm-hmm. they lost to San Francisco and Houston, they got crushed early in the game and were never really able to claw back. They were able to do it against Baltimore um, a little, you know, better. So, I mean, they got to either the offense needs to show up or this defense needs to at least lull um, Jacksonville because Jacksonville is kind of like Baltimore where, you know, they might come out for the first 30 minutes, just swing in and, and going crazy. But man, dude, the back half of games has, has been tough for them sometimes where they do not play a full 60. And, and so we'll see where this offense kind of is. It, like if there is a week for the Steelers to break the first half offensive curse, man. Like, this is the week they need to do it. Like, yeah. Cause I think this defense, I really do believe the Steelers defense is going to have like a pretty hard time slowing down the Jags offense. Yeah. Um, just before we, I asked you for a prediction here, I'm looking at uh, the injury report for the Jaguars side of things here. We know Trevor Lawrence has been dealing with that knee issue. He's listed as questionable, but he's going to play. Uh, Zay Jones, who you had already put out, uh, has been rolled out. Uh, same thing with cornerback Gregory Jr. So actually a little bit of issues on the back end for them too. Tyson Campbell and Andre Sisco both listed as questionable with hamstring injuries. I actually don't know what their practice participation has been like throughout the week. I know Tyson Campbell has been missing from Jaguars. Uh, he hasn't played in a couple weeks for them. Um, Walker Little and Brandon Sheriff also listed as questionable with knee and ankle injuries respectively. So uh, they're not coming into this thing like super healthy either, but I don't know what the game status is going to be for those guys. I expect most of them to play at least. Um, I don't know how many of them will play, but I kind of feel like most of them will play. Um, that's just my my feeling on that. Um, but like, yeah, they're banged up, but I think everything's a little banged up at this time of year. We'll see. Yeah. Um, like hamstring. They got, they got their bye week after this. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Maybe they could. I mean, maybe they would hold out, you know, a Campbell or someone like that with that hamstring. Like, I don't know if they injure their hamstring right before the bye week kind of seems stupid, but like, this is a big game for AFC like position, dude. Like it's a really mm-hmm. big game for both these teams. Cause I mean, Steelers are in the AFC North race. To, if you feel like that, right. If they win this game, like they have the tiebreaker over the Jags. Like this is a huge game for both these teams. It feels like for the Jags, this should be like a statement, like, okay, we're, we're above this tier of teams for the Steelers though. If they win this game, like, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess, I guess we could, like, I feel like I said this for Baltimore too, where I was like, Oh, if they win this game, like, you know, they're not as bad as everyone thought they were. And then they wanted it in the way they did. And I was like, I have no idea what to think about this. football. Yeah. Well, especially when you got, you know, Tennessee and green Bay on the other side of that. Now, no game is like a gimme one, but with both those games also being at home, you feel like the Steelers would be setting themselves up pretty well here to go. on. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you really feel like if you win these, this game, you can, you can cruise yourself to seven too. Um, like you can, that's no guarantee, but like, you feel like you can get there. And then you have, like, you know, Cleveland and Cincy after that, which, like, both on the road, that's a tough stretch. But, I mean, you would be in a really good spot 
at seven and two, two and zero in the North. And, and if you win both, that's two more AFC wins popped on. Like that is a nice set foundation yeah. for the Steelers. And, and like I don't know, I feel like if they beat the Jags, I'm just gonna say like let's just say the Jags don't completely lose their minds and and just deconstruct and lose in the like a absurd way where the Steelers just pull it out again. Like mm. I feel like that would be a sign where you know we can take that second half against the Rams and say, okay, they might actually you know like be building something here. Like I don't know, maybe if we're just experiencing deja vu from last year where. We, you know, Steelers were two and six and coming out of the bye week and all of a sudden we're like, dude, who the heck is this team? Like where this team come from third and EPA and rush, like third and rushing EPA and like all these absurd stats from last year in the second half. Like it, it's possible that this is a statement game for the Steelers. Like, like let, let's see where they, they show up. Like even if they lose this game, say in, in pretty like competitive fashion, like I think that is a mm-hmm. good, good barometer to where they should be. Um, so this is a big game, I think, to find out how real the Steelers are. Um, if, if if they have, if they play, if they went four and two through their bad stretch and are starting to like actually hit hit a little bit of their stride, like that's obviously the best outcome. But I'm hoping for a non chaotic outcome because I really want to figure out what in the world this team is. I've well, covered this team all year and I still like don't know what they are. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. So how do you see Sunday playing out then? It's the last thing I do see the Jags winning this game. Um, I, again, I just don't, I just think they're really undermanned secondary. Like, I I think the Jags line up really badly with their eligibles being able to know, be slippery in the yak ETN being speed. Like, like look at the, the teams that the Steelers have struggled against defensively. It's been really hyper athletic teams that get Mm -hmm. the ball out quickly. Um, the Niners and the Texans are both that, and, and really the Jags are very similar. So I'm, I'm not sure they're going to be able to stop them. I do think the I, I do think the offense though is like going to get things going. Like I, I think I told you I, I think there's really spots to exploit here, not necessarily by personnel. I think that the Steelers have the eligibles to work a a pretty usable scheme against this group. Like I do think if Matt Canada can. Drop a decent game plan. I'm probably setting myself up for disappointment just by saying that, by the way. <laughs> just Matt Canada, trusting Matt Canada to do this. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm going to throw out like 31, like 24 or something. Like, I feel like that's a, okay. a realistic game. Like, I do think the off the defense is going to catch up to them at some point. Like, they are due for a bad game where they kind of get smoked. But I, I do think the offense with Deontay back, it's different. And I think they have like a solid enough game plan print. So like where I can map it out and be like, yeah, you know, they can, they can score a decent amount of points here. I, I, I'm probably stupid for predicting their, their offense to score that much. I mean, I'm predicting three touchdowns and a field goal. Like that would be by far their most productive game of the year. But mm-hmm. I, I do feel like they, this, this is a team that has opportunities to, to be exploited um, just through scheme. And listen, like if you, if Kenny is able to, magnify those blitzes get behind the zones like you get pickings in, in dj and in space you get warren in space like steel's been a pretty good yak team this year like we could see some chunk plays just off the yak stuff and i think that's what they're going to need this week because jags are pretty good at keeping a lid on 
Yeah, I got 27-21 Jaguars in this one. But again, to your point, like, I don't think it's the end of the world to lose this football game if you see something from off the offense. Like, if they were able to carry over what they did against the Rams and have a decent showing in this one, I don't think the result is the end of the world. Um, now, whether it's treated as such by the fan base, I can't speak to. But just on the surface, I don't think losing a football game to what I consider, you know, a top five to seven team in the NFL and the Jacksonville Jaguars means that the season is over. So that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, I agree with that. You need positive signs of development from this group. And I think that we started to see a little bit of that against the Rams. Now we need to continue to see that. I still think that they have a lot of easy adjustments they can make with this group. Like I really do. Um, I feel like they've started to do that in the run game, but you know, we're talking like things like Broderick Jones starting, like that would make more sense. Uh, Keanu Benton playing more, like, like just things like that. I feel like can still mm-hmm. elevate this team. Obviously, Cam Hayward returning is going to be huge when he turns. So, like, the team yeah. should get better. And I don't know why everyone's been acting like the Steelers are like just devoid of talent. Team like never felt that way. Like they were clearly more talented than the Rams were last week. Like they won in large part partially just because they completely bullied the Rams like down the stretch. They are more talented than people think. They just got to get their heads on straight and, and this coaching has to be ironed out. And typically what happens with Tomlin teams is the first 10 weeks of the year are like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And then kind of everything locks into place. And then it's like, ah, that's what you guys were doing. And then everybody, you know, like, okay, Keanu yeah. Benton's going to be playing a lot down the stretch and Joey's starting and sure, Roger's yeah. probably going to be in there. And everyone's like, bro, why didn't you do this from the start? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, really good episode. Excited about how, seeing how this game goes. Let us know your guys' predictions in the comments as well. But Nick, tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at FB. That's my name plus FB. Make sure to read at SteelersNow.com. Make sure to subscribe here too, as always, folks. I'm assuming that um, Mr. Alan Saunders will be back on Monday, so mm-hmm. should be should be him and and talking about whatever the heck happens in this game. Do you have a, a code for ten percent off for SN Plus or no? Is that just I Alan do? I do. You could go to Nick Ten. Yes. Okay, there we go. And apparently, it's actually a little bit more than ten percent, according yeah. to what people have told Alan. So it's like twelve and a half, thirteen percent, or Nick, something Nick, like Nick, that. Nick, 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 ten percent. There, there we go. I have Zachary slogan, Smith though. PGH. Yeah, I'm gonna actually turn that into a sound, and then I'll start playing it on here as an audio. Oh my so, goodness! There we go. Um, but anyway, Zachary Smith PGH on all the platforms. Like, subscribe, hit that notification bell here. Leave us a comment, whether it's a prediction for the game or something to talk about next week when Alan returns. But until then, for Nick Farabaugh, I'm Zachary Smith. Thanks for tapping in and watching another episode of Steelers Afternoon. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. 
Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Drive. 